You're listening to Buzzing with Miss B, the coaching podcast, where we believe that every teacher deserves a coach, and every coach does too. I'm Chrissy Beltran, an instructional coach, resource creator, and coffee enthusiast. And I'm your host. Stay tuned for practical tips and honest coaching talk that will help you coach with confidence. coaches. I am your host, Chrissy Beltran, and today we are having a coaching session with a guest coach. Our guest coach is Samantha Shields, and she has a new role as a an early literacy specialist. So she's actually responsible for supporting teachers in implementing some of the learning that they're doing from the Texas State um, Literacy Academies that have been pushed out this past year, and it's been a lot of responsibility for teachers and for coaches. So I'm excited to talk to Samantha about some of the issues that she's been having and see if we can come up with some ideas that might be supportive of her and of you because how many of you are having teachers turn around uh, new learning in a time whenever it's really hard to get people to to apply new stuff because they're just overwhelmed with all of the changes that have gone on this year. So thanks so much for joining us with this episode and I cannot wait to introduce Samantha to you. Welcome to the podcast, Samantha. Hi, I'm happy to be here. Thank you so much for, for joining me. I'm excited because I think this conversation is going to be so relevant to so many coaches right now. Um, do you want to introduce yourself a little bit and tell us a little about the work that you're currently doing? Yeah, my name is Samantha Shields, and this is my first year as an early literacy specialist in my district. It's a new role. Um, I am in Texas, and Texas, due to the science of teaching reading, has um, went forward with House Bill 3, which mandates that all teachers K through pre-K through 2 um, take part in the Texas Reading Academy. So it's 60 hours of coursework that will give teachers the knowledge base that they need for the science of teaching reading. And so my role is supporting, um, supporting educators as they go through that coursework, but also to support and coach them through the learning and putting it into practice. So I'm guiding them through their coursework, but also working as an instructional coach to support it as well. And that's a really good model, I think, um, because we know that, that unsupported professional development does not work. So it's really good that your, part of your purpose there is to support that um, implementation to make sure that it actually transfers to teaching, but that's a really hard role to have right now. Um, just for a frame of reference, we are recording this um, in December of 2020, <laughs> worst year ever. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, um, teachers, this will be ongoing though in the spring as well, right? I, I'm, I'm remembering that they still have more courses to take throughout the whole year, right? It's, right. Yeah. Right. So it's 60 hours, so it would mm -hmm. take the entire year to do. Um, they'll actually complete it. This cohort will complete in September um, of 2021. Okay. And then it's basically on our district there's a, a rollout. So every year we'll have so many new campuses go through the, as a cohort. Oh, okay. So every campus will take part within the next three years. That is interesting. I'm pretty sure because in the district that I used to work at, we're also in Texas. I'm in El Paso, Texas. So um, in our district, I think all the schools are, are, are doing it simultaneously. Oh, wow. um, yeah, it's a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I think they were, they, they're kind of like an all or nothing philosophy and um, they never go with nothing. They always go with all. <laughs> so, um, but that's, that's a lot of pressure, a lot of stress on, on instructional support as well. So how does this role differ from what you were doing before? You said before it was just strict, strictly instructional coaching content area support. Right. So as an instructional coach, you know, I was supporting PLCs and I was housed on a campus. 
uh, like one specific campus kind of thing and Mm -hmm. doing your typical coaching work, coaching cycles and any content area that teachers wanted support in, et cetera. So this year it is strictly focused on early literacy. And Mm -hmm. so anything that comes with that reading academies content. And so that's what I'm doing right now. And so that definitely differs because I'm not housed on a campus. I'm Mm -hmm. not exclusive to one campus. My cohort technically has two. And it di- it's different because not being present on the campus, I don't have that relationship with the teacher. So yeah. it's not easy for them to just pop in and see me in any context and know what I'm credible at. Right. And so it's not natural for them to reach out for wanting coaching support. Mm-hmm. Whereas before it was all the time. People yes. just, <laughs> they saw you, they heard you in conversations, word mm-hmm. of mouth. And so coaching was easier. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the relationship part is huge. And so starting in this role this year of all years where you can't really be in their face all the time, you can't be popping in and just seeing how things are going. It does make it a lot harder to do that. And to, like you said, build credibility and Mm -hmm. to build trust whenever they don't have much experience with you. So what are some of the challenges that you're seeing teachers have with, with um, these uh, literacy academies or reading academies? I know that one of the ones that I've heard some, from some colleagues is just even just the time in completing them in the first place is a lot to ask sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, so then to give teachers time to process and implement on top of that is really hard because they're, they're, the demands on teachers this year are so big. Right. So they're dealing with the whole learning curve right now of virtual learning, hybrid instruction, mm-hmm. it's just everything. And so these two campuses that decided to go forward with it, they they're trucking along they're doing it they're engaging in the work but they are coming across the hurdles of we give them um, designated professional development days where they can do some of the coursework but we can't give them the campuses can't give them time to do all of it so there is stuff that they have to do still on their own time self-paced and so time is a factor for them Um, they do struggle with that time to be able to process it Mm-hmm. and put it into practice with everything else that they have on their plates right now. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's probably the biggest struggle that they're having. You also have the struggle of this is the science of teaching reading is a very complex topic, mm-hmm. hot topic right now. And so not having time to process also means not having time to really understand the beliefs behind it and, you know, troubleshoot that through colleagues so that you can adjust your mindset kind of thing. So it's, right. it's a hard time. Mm-hmm. What kinds of structures do they have in place as far as like PLCs go? Do they have a regular PLC? See, Christine, that's one of the things that's hard because mm-hmm. I'm not on that campus. Mm-hmm. I don't know the normal day to day. I don't okay. know how that campus really functions, right. which then makes it even harder to coach. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because coaching works with systems and providing mm-hmm. ongoing support without a knowledge of what those systems are can be a real challenge. Mm-hmm. Um, because if they have a regular PLC, there's an opportunity for you to say, put me on the calendar for next week. Or, you know, right. <laughs> um, is that something that you could communicate with the administrators about? Yeah, one thing I've, we've been troubleshooting, I have a colleague mm-hmm. who does it with me right now. And that was one thing, you know, we were asking for is, promoting the services that we can offer the Mm -hmm. campus. But right now it's even hard for administrators to know how to utilize us right? because they themselves have a lot um, on their plates. And so PLCs is, it's an area of growth for these campuses as well. Mm -hmm. And so 
if I was a typical instructional coach on that campus with relationships, that would be a great place to really coach into with these teams. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's all the trickier right there right. Of how to do it. <laughs> is there any way that you could plan sort of a, what is your, is your, your actual, your exact title is um, early literacy specialist, right? Mm-hmm. So with coaches, we talk about having like a coffee with a coach or cookies with a coach or something. And I know this would be virtual, um, but maybe there's some way that you could do something. Are the teachers going to school or are they also home all the time working from home? It's a mixture. Okay. Um, some teachers on our campus, if they have um, certain waivers, they're working from home. Some um, campuses have it to where all teachers are in person. So it kind okay. of varies. Yeah. Just depending. Okay. Um, my colleague and I, uh, we actually, we kind of are doing something like that. We're doing something it's called, we call it literacy talks mm-hmm. um, um, or tea and talk with our coaches. And what we've started doing is um, once a month, following the completion of a module that they've gone through, we invite them to a tea and talk with coaches where we will talk about the content from that module. Mm -hmm. Not necessarily like a professional development. We're going to take you through it again, but more so giving them the opportunity to organically talk about it together. Mm -hmm. Um, And we've had um, some educators come on a reoccurring basis, but um, not as many as we would hope. Mm-hmm. And so that's an area of wonder of how can we increase the buy-in to get them to want to come to that and see how that conversation is um, valuable to their time. I wonder if doing some kind of a, um, a teacher feature or something, maybe if a teacher has implemented any of the learning from that module or tried out any strategy, if you could somehow, like if you could get a video of the virtual lesson, a short clip or pictures of student work samples or anything like that and use that at your session as a way to promote, look, your colleague is being featured. Um, you know, look, your kinder, kinder friend here is being featured. So we'd love to have your school especially join us on this day. Kind of like the, remember, I don't know if you, know, if you remember this, but like PTA would always have children's performances as an excuse to get the parents to come in and buy stuff. <laughs> <laughs> in school events um so then you come and watch your kid and then you're trapped there because <laughs> they won't let your kid out until they go through their whole presentation so uh, <laughs> not quite the same thing you won't be trapping anybody but i wonder if featuring people who are doing some work on their campuses might be a way to, to get some buy-in and to i mean it could be even something from a previous module because if it's new information, maybe they haven't had time to implement that yet. But if it's a previous module, you could say, hey, we've, we've heard from principal so-and-so that this teacher is doing great things. Can I collaborate with that teacher and take a little video of what's going on, just record the screen so that we can share it at our next session? Sometimes people, um, well, they like to see things in action. And they like to see things in action with real kids who are like the kids that they work with. So that might be something fun that you could do. Um, at least that teacher might show up. <laughs> I really like that, that you said, so teacher feature, you know, and so finding a way to either have a peer or themselves even um, select themselves to be pre- be part of that feature, like submit your friend or something. Yeah. But I like that you had said, um, really like showcasing to that campus, come and see, you know, like so that mm-hmm. they know, oh, our friend is going to be on there today. Mm-hmm. Um, so then the conversation could be driven more by them showcasing what they're doing for their campus. And so I like that. And then, you know, your analogy to the PTA (laughs) 
it's kind of funny though because if you think about it if you were to spotlight a teacher and you put it at the beginning they could just you know hop off right if you kind of wait a little bit the anticipation of when is our teacher going to be on yes um so i really like that that's yeah that might be a fun way like a low pressure way that one teacher might feel a little bit of pressure but ones will just be there to support and, you know, have a good time. Um, and that might be something kind of engaging that you could do. And it always helps to see our colleagues teach always. Cause you know, I'm sure in your experience as a teacher, most of us experience isolation where you're in your room, you're locked in there. <laughs> they, yeah. they trap you in there with a bunch of children and you don't get to see anybody else. And you're like, I wonder, I wonder what other people are doing. Cause even when you talk mm-hmm. about it, it's not it doesn't look the same. We have conversations about what we do, but we don't know the difference. So we're not articulating how what we're doing is different than what others are doing. Yeah. So if we can see it in action, maybe um, teachers can showcase and share something. And, you know, even, I mean, even just photographs of things that students have produced is it goes a long way to give you ideas about how we could implement this work in a way with real children that would really work. Well, and you got me thinking because this most recent module that they finished was about um, the assessment cycle and informing your instruction mm-hmm. using literacy assessments. And so an example could have been after completing this module, how have you used literacy data to inform mm-hmm. your instruction? Now, they could come in and just kind of talk us through how their PLC even went over and used that data, which could then... Um, inform the practice of other mm-hmm. educators who are on the call who want to, who need support with PLCs. And so, yeah. Hmm. yeah, I like that. They could share an agenda as well. Like mm-hmm. it, it, this is what we went through. These are the steps we went through. This is the organizer that we use to kind of regroup our students based on the data, or this is, you know, how mm-hmm. we chose focus skills based on the data. I know that that's something that teachers have often struggled with is they get tons of information back from assessments and they're like, what do I, where do I start? This is a lot. So if we have a class and we mark off the last names or something, and then you can, somebody can walk them through it and say, this is what I do. That is so powerful. Um, We used to do that in PLCs at my school. Every now and then we would have a teacher, kind of like a teacher feature where they would be kind of the boss of PLC for a little while. And they would share something that was going on in their classroom that was, you know, relevant to the teachers at that time. And teachers loved hearing from each other. They just love it because they don't and get they to do it. they also love talking about themselves. <laughs> that does <laughs> <Like> not <you>. hurt. <laughs> yeah. I love talking. Yeah. Well, you know what? We love talking shop. A lot of uh-huh. us love talking about school. I mean, I'm doing a podcast talking <laughs> yeah. about school. So, so, yeah, that might be a really good way to capitalize on that natural um, – you know, the teachers, many teachers do like to share and support each other. Not everybody, but most do. So that might be a good way to um, capitalize on that, that natural <laughs> instinct. <laughs> um, what you talked, talked about getting teachers to buy into a coaching cycle as one of the areas that you might want to think about or that you wanted to look at. Um, have you conducted any coaching cycles with teachers on campuses to this point? So a little backstory here. So coming from the instructional coaching role and having such a passion for that coaching and coaching cycle and everything, I knew that was going to be a struggle coming into this role due to relationships and not it being a typical setup. Right. And so, you know, in a typical year, I would give like the coaching menu and, you know, you know, showcase the different ways that I could coach them. Mm -hmm. Now, in this situation, um, I have not done any coaching cycles per se 
due to relationship and time. Mm -hmm. And so one thing that I'm really trying to understand is what are the best ways to provide coaching support for them that's mindful of their time? Mm -hmm. Um, Because a coaching cycle at this point may not be um, realistic for a lot of them as much as I want it. There might be some out there. So I'm thinking like in January when we come back, Mm -hmm. but how else, or how to, how else to support them with coaching mm-hmm. that's mindful of their time and the limited relationship that I have thus far. Right. If that makes sense. You know, one thing you might think about is asking them um, mm-hmm. and putting out a survey. And you know that one of the, th- if you ask for challenges that they're currently having, the first one is going to be time. We just, we mm-hmm. know that that's going to be the case. That's always going to be the case <laughs> forever mm-hmm. in teaching because of the unrealistic expectations that are on schools, you know. But after that, from that first challenge, um, you can ask, you know, what are some of the specific challenges that you're having? And you could ask in relation to the reading academies, in relation to uh, virtual learning, in relation to, you know, any of the different, um, different kinds of struggles that teachers might be having and get some specific details on what kinds of things or trouble they're having and then what kinds of support they need. And you can even just put a little checklist and say, what would be helpful to you right now? Um, you know, would you like to see a video of somebody else using this strategy in action? Would you like to see a resource um, and kind of learn how to use it and something that's relevant to teaching something new that you have never taught before? Because now that they're getting new strategies and new learning, they're going to have to look through their resources and figure out now, what do I do? Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so you might look at different modes of support and really it could be a coaching cycle, but it's not, it, it doesn't sound as scary Mm -hmm. because you're still going to have a conference with a teacher where you talk about what they need and then you're going to do some kind of work and then you're going to have a post-conference and talk about what did they get Mm -hmm. out of it and what's their next steps. So it can look like a coaching cycle, but really low key. (laughs) Uh, So I think if you ask, you know, a survey, if you put that together and get some feedback from them, that might be a good place to start and asking what kinds of support would be most helpful to you right now. And then they can just check some boxes and make some notes. Um, because sometimes we feel like teachers are so overwhelmed. They don't want my help right now, but they're overwhelmed because they need help. So we just have to figure out what kind of help they they really need (laughs) and hopefully be that help. And see, when you were talking about the survey, you started with what challenge are you having in relation to reading Mm -hmm. academies, virtual instruction, that kind of thing. Normally, like when we send surveys out, we're like, how can I support you? So what support do you need right now? But being so overwhelmed, they really don't know how or what to ask for. Um, So I like starting it out with what's a challenge that they're having right now in relation Mm -hmm. to, because that could kind of get them thinking as to what supports they need. Right. Yeah. Cause sometimes some of them are going to have really specific questions, but you're right because they're so overwhelmed. They're like, I just, I don't know. This is all too much. Whenever we ask them. the survey, (laughs) I don't have time to do this. (laughs) Believe. But if we say, what's your biggest challenge with this specific thing, they can probably go, you know, I'm just really struggling with management online, or I'm really struggling with like, how does this work with our phonics program that we already have? You know, do I just keep doing that? Do I need to change? What do I need to do? You know, so they may have some specific questions that they just are so overwhelmed. They're not digging into yet. Um, so that could be one thing that one way to, to do it. You could also do at the beginning of your next session, um, you could do whenever you have people joining you to talk with your what, tea and tea and talk. Is that right? Tea and talk. Yeah. Okay. That's cute. We have to have alliteration or else it's not a good name. Alliteration <laughs> is required. So, <laughs> so if you include maybe at the beginning, 
it's an opportunity where they can just put in some questions that they're having or challenges. Um, and, you know, what is a question that you have? And then from there, you might get some ideas on what kinds of support people are looking for. Um, the more they can tell you, the better. The more, the more they can give you about what they're like, what is keeping them up at night? <laughs> mm-hmm. What is keeping them from feeling successful right now? The more they can tell you about that, the, the better handle you'll have on what they need. I like that. And one thing my partner and I had talked about for one of the TN talks is like we put in time, you know, planning and thinking through thought provoking mm-hmm. questions for them to discuss. But in the same sense, if we didn't, and it was literally just that organic conversation, I'm wondering how that would go as well. That's interesting. Maybe do a half and half. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Plan a yeah. little piece and leave the piece open-ended and see what happens. Mm-hmm. And then you can go from there. It's always good to know where you're like to refresh yourself on, on the content and to know where you're headed. But if we can get input, maybe that would guide like, like today, for example, you gave me some questions. Um, but I don't really like plan what we're going to talk about as beyond what your what your what the challenges are that you're having. I just mm-hmm. kind of read through those and I'm like, well, I'm sure something will come up. Yeah. <laughs> Once we get talking. <laughs> so it's a natural so. conversation. Exactly. And maybe mm-hmm. that is, you know, sometimes people, that's all they need because they're getting told so much stuff. They're getting taught so much stuff. Maybe they just need to chat, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. and talk it through and figure some things out. And teachers don't get a lot of that time. You know, they, everything is always purposeful and scheduled and, um, this is what you're going to learn and this is how you're going to learn it. And, and, um, if they just have time to talk and, and to bounce ideas off of you or off of each other, maybe that would be a good, um, a good use of, of at least part of their time. Are they about an hour long? Uh, we do about 45 minutes to an hour. Okay. Mm-hmm. okay. So you could do a good 15, 20 minutes just with, let's just talk about, you know, what are you getting from this? Maybe have some really carefully worded questions to hear what they, what they're thinking. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, really think about how those questions are worded so that teachers will respond specifically. Um, I know that in business, one of the business books that I've read is uh, story brand with Donald Miller by Donald Miller. And he talks about, we always say, well, the questions that we ask to get feedback from people are not usually specific enough. So we just get good. It was helpful. It was good. Mm-hmm. You know, but he said, Tell me, he, it's like really specific the way he words them. He says something like, tell me about a challenge that you're having. How did you feel while you're trying to solve this challenge by yourself? And then it's just such a specific question that right. we don't think to ask, you know, but sometimes that brings out a lot in what people are doing and it helps them really verbalize exactly the challenge that they're going through. Um, and then, you know, you can have somebody who implemented a strategy and how did, you know, whenever you implemented the strategy, how did it feel? What was the outcome you know, of you actually trying this out? What did it look like in your classroom? And so maybe getting that kind of conversation going could be really effective for, for other teachers who are just, even just the ones who are listening in and not participating. I like that. I really do. That might I be have to, Yeah. I like that. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> so is there anything else that you want to chat about? You talked about opportunities to provide the campuses, um, you know, an opportunity to discuss their learning and to implement. Is there at any point, if, if you do figure out what's going on on campuses and if you, if you do get that communication with the administ- administrator going and learn about PLCs, it might be helpful, depending on what their PLCs look like, to have an implementation component where they actually say, okay, we're going to take one thing from these academies and we're going to apply it. What is it going to be? Um, because that is where we often miss the transfer. Mm-hmm. We give them a lot of learning, 
and then it doesn't go anywhere because they're just overwhelmed or, or they didn't get it. They try to figure it out and they're like, oh, and then they just, it's like too much for me right now. So then they, they go back to what they were already doing. So having that implementation piece at some point in, in their planning or wherever it is that it would fit on campuses look so different, <laughs> yep. but at some point having that little piece might be helpful so they can say, I'm going to choose something that was really meaningful and I thought would be powerful for my kids. And I'm going to say, this is how I'm going to apply it. It's going to go into my lesson plan on this day. This is, I'm going to try it with this resource, like make, make some commitments. That might be mm-hmm. something to think about too. Um, if schools are not, cause they, they already have instructional coaches, right? Each school does. As well, coincidentally, no? these two campuses don't have district okay. instructional coaches. They do have um, teacher coaches that okay. you know have sure. a stipend that uh-huh. do it on top of their role. And we met with them this week. <laughs> yes, we met with them, and that's exactly what they said. They're like, we have two jobs right now, and right. so it's it's not able to happen. Yeah, yeah. I mean, really, it's so difficult, even on, in your best years, uh, to do that kind of work when you're in the classroom because if you're really good at your job you're probably asked to do a million things already. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So, so that might be something to think about. Um, certainly if they do have PLCs, it sounds like there may not be anybody facilitating those. Mm-hmm. Um, or if anyone is, it might be an administrator who's probably responding to emails at the same time. <laughs> yeah. So it might be good to see if you could get on the calendar at some point um, and you could talk about implementation and make that kind of a routine for them after they do their module. This is what you're going to think about is where is it going to go? I really like that because even with it, you know, with our normal PD, you go, you're, a, you know, you love everything. You get right. back to your room. You don't have anybody. There's no implementation. It goes away. And exactly. so I think that piece is really great. Like after a module, what's something that stuck out that you want to commit to implementing mm-hmm this next month or that mm-hmm. kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Commitments. Like it doesn't have to be really complicated, like a whole form they fill out. It could be a sticky note. It could be, you know, a, a Jamboard mm-hmm. um, little sticky where they just write what they're going to do. But the idea is that they are making a commitment. And then ideally that we follow up on that later and say, how did that go? And I really like they that. go, Oh, I forgot. <laughs> then, mm-hmm. then we can follow up and support. Um, and it is harder when you're not on campus, but mm-hmm. at least if it becomes part of a routine, then people right. are going to start to try to implement instead of whenever the expectation is we, we taught you and now do what you will with it. You know, that's <laughs> sometimes it happens and sometimes it doesn't. You're making me think about, so you do the monthly challenges um, oh, for yes. the coffee and coaching. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I love that. And so one thing before I got super overwhelmed, I was trying to figure out how could I take that and adapt it to fit the teachers as they're going through this module coursework. Yeah, And so I was trying to think of little things to put as a challenge. And like you said, choose something that to implement and write it on a sticky note. Like that mm-hmm. could be one to commit to. Yeah. Um, so like thinking of that, like how to modify that fun little challenge for themselves. Um, to I love fit that idea. That. I like that because on it, you can put like, you don't have to put too many things on there. And mm-hmm. many of the things can be stuff they would have to do anyway, just to go through the modules. Mm-hmm. So that way they, they just feel good about it and they get to color it in. <laughs> yeah. Complete module four. <laughs> yes, exactly. Right. <laughs> and so if you have that on there, then you can say, you know, that your follow-up is you can, they can color in whenever they do their, their implementation plan. They can, you know, color it in whenever they actually implement that lesson or try out a single strategy. Um, maybe they share something that they learned with a, with their colleague 
You know, mm -hmm. that's an easy thing to do. Something we do naturally, but then they can be like, oh, we talked about that today at lunch, you know? Right. Um, so that would be, that's a really cute idea. And it doesn't have to be, you could do just like nine squares or you could do like, you know, six, like just keep it really simple and low key, but that could be really fun. And if they could get somebody to get a, get a prize even better um, because people love prizes. You give out a, you know, $10 gift card or something per school. And that might be a nice little motivator. I could put a bonus in there. Reach out to your coach for support. <laughs> oh, that's a good one. Yeah, you get double point, double entries for double. that one. <laughs> yeah, that's cute. I, I think I'm going to try some. Think about that. Once my head is clear during this winter break. Yes. <laughs> that's a good time <laughs> think to think. <laughs> yes. Yeah, we do get, ten, we tend to get so swamped with stuff mm -hmm. that it's good to have a little space to think about, okay, how could I really do this? Well, um, and one thing I'm struggling with this year is mm -hmm. – being new to this role, the Texas Reading Academies is new. Um, mm -hmm. So it's like, I'm going along, I'm trucking mm -hmm. along, I'm doing my coursework as well. Right. But at the same sense, it's like you're driving without an, the ending in sight. Mm -hmm. And so I'm like, am I doing it right? Could mm -hmm. I be doing more? Um, so it's like that first year in a new role where you're kind of lost and right. trying to find your way. Um, but everything I'm doing this year is going to inform my instruction for next year yes. and better it. Um, for sure. So that's yeah. been... But this is kind of a limbo year. I know what you mean. Yes. You're always waiting for the next thing to figure out, mm -hmm. okay, am I even heading in the right direction right, right. now? Um, so I think some general systems might be good, but you can't be too, too specific because then, then you're right. going to end up changing everything. <laughs> so yeah, <Yep. laughs> general things might be good. Um, and then you can really do a lot of reflecting about this year as you're kind of planning for next year and thinking about how you can start the year by, you know, building those relationships and hopefully next year we'll be able to start in person. <laughs> um, so, I mean, I say, hopefully we really have no idea what's good. Yes. Hopefully as the case. And so you will have a completely different approach to next year, but this year was such, would have been such, or is actually such a good learning year um, for you to do the thinking about how you're going to start. <laughs> This right. year is like a get through it year and then next year you can really start the way you want. Absolutely. <laughs> is there anything else that you want to talk about? No, all this has been helpful. It's kind of, it's got my brain turning um, and thinking and just, you know, making me excited again to see just how I can help them and do more coaching. That's with great. It. I really hope that some of these ideas pan out and I would love to hear from you if they do. Um, just let me know because I would like to know, you know, if you do try your challenge, if you do, you know, try your teacher feature, I'd love to see how that works out. Yes. All right. Well, thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. And I appreciate you coming on the podcast today. And I am just going to share real quick what the next episode is. So everybody knows um, next week, I am actually talking to Aaron Cotman about collecting feedback from teachers to guide your coaching work. So it's kind of funny if, um, you know, you got some ideas today from Samantha, we were talking about the, the survey and getting ideas about what support teachers need. We're going to have a whole conversation about that next week. So definitely listen in and until then, happy coaching. Thank you for listening to Buzzing with Miss B, the coaching podcast. Want more coaching ideas? Check me out at buzzingwithmissb.com and on Instagram at buzzingwithmissb. If you love the show, share it with a coach who would love it too, or leave me a review on iTunes. It's free and it helps others find this show. Happy coaching. Happy coaching.